Hello and welcome to Princess in the Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Sawyers, and I'm ready to talk Disney movies past and present. Once upon a time, Hannah and Ashley sat down to talk about Encanto. I actually don't have a question for you to like kick this off. So we're just going <laughs> to jump right into it. Tell us why you picked your movie and what your movie is. My movie is Encanto, uh, the new one that just came out on Disney+. Plus. I think it went to theaters also. Yes. Um, but I picked it because when you asked me which movie I wanted to do, it was the only one that came to mind and it was new and it sounded fun. So, <laughs> and since Kevin's been on the, uh, Marvel train lately, you were yes. able to beat him to the punch. Exactly. Ha ha, Kevin. <laughs> Once again, test of if he listens. That's true. The answer is no. He's he never passed the Jonas Brothers test. So see, and the other day <laughs> on another episode, he was like, "I listen," and I was like, "You most definitely do not." <laughs> <laughs> to his episodes, <laughs> right? Probably that's yeah. it. I should start hiding Easter eggs in his episodes and see if he catches them. Exactly. We'll see. We'll see. In true Disney fashion. <laughs> yes. Yes. Hidden Mickey. Hidden. Hidden. Uh, jabs at Kevin. All we're, <laughs> that's what we're here for. Um, so why don't you give us an overview of the story? Okay, this is going to be long because I, I It's a very remember. long movie and it, we'll talk about the storyline in a minute. Yeah, there's a lot that happens. Like there's a lot. So <clears throat> buckle in people. Okay, uh, so the story starts with the backstory of how the family got their powers because we all know that they all have powers. Um and we learned that the magic was created when um, the grandfather, Abuelo, sacrificed himself to keep his family safe um, when they were first starting out as a family. All the little, like all the adults in the movie were just little babies. Um, and this like magical candle appears and Abuela takes the candle and then like this house literally just like builds itself. It's like magical house. And so... That's where she has her family. That's where they live. Um, like every generation is basically in the house. So there are magical doors in this house and each door belongs to a member of the family at a certain point. Like once they reach a certain age and the door like reveals or I don't know, like it reveals their magical powers or it like activates their magical powers. I don't know how that works, guys. I'm, I'm not a magic expert, but. We'll go with that. I agree. Um, <laughs> so each person has a gift and um, they're all different. And each gift is unique in a way that whatever they can do helps to support the community and the village that they built. Um, it also helps to continue to build the village. So then we find our main character, Mirabelle. She does not have a power. So when it was her turn to open the door, the door literally disappeared and she had no powers. Um, so as we start to meet the members of the family, we learn that some of them kind of think less of Mirabelle because of her lack of powers. Like she's just not as good as them. Um, and she's like in the way and she makes an effort to help um, where she can, even though she doesn't have a gift. And she tries to tell herself that she's not bothered by it. And that will come into play later. Um, a gifting ceremony is about to happen because the youngest cousin, Antonio, it's his turn to go to his magical door. Um, he is granted a gift and he can talk to animals, which I think is very cool. Um, 
So they're all having a big party. Everyone's excited. They're celebrating. The family gathers for a photo and Mirabelle was not included. She was just left out. Like they didn't even know she was there. So that is kind of the moment where she realizes like, oh, no, like I'm not okay. This is not okay. And she was kind of alone feeling feeling bad for herself, which is completely justifiable. Um, so while everyone is inside Antonio's room and they're having their party, Mirabelle is out in the courtyard of the house by herself. And the house starts like trembling, almost like it's just like afraid, you know? And then it starts to crack, like the foundation and the walls and all these things. And it goes up to where the candle is at. So we realize like something is wrong. And almost like a, like a, the power flickering, well, like the powers flicker and you can see the doors, like the light on them, just kind of like going in and out. So she runs inside, she finds Abuela, she tells her what's happened. Abuela goes out to investigate, but everything is fine. The house is fine. There's no cracks. Um, and I think that this kind of symbolizes Abuela's desire to make everything appear as though it's perfect. There's nothing wrong. Because I, I guess I should mention the whole town was also at this party. Um, so Mirabelle, later that night, she sneaks up to the candle and she finds her abuela talking to a photo of her abuelo, asking for help to save the miracle, which tells us that she knows that there is something wrong and the magic is fading. Uh, Mirabelle then decides that she's going to save the miracle herself. So as the story goes on, Mirabelle tries to find what could be causing the magic to fade. She asks a few of the family members what they might know. Um, and we learn a lot of things about the family members in this process. So like we first meet Louisa, her sister, um, and her gift is super strength. And she tells Mirabelle that whenever the cracking happened, she felt weak, like things were heavy for the first time ever. Louisa tells Mirabelle that she should look into their uncle Bruno and go to his room um, because he disappeared a long time ago. So she goes into the room um, to find this vision that he had because he can see the future. And she finds this very like ominous doorway. And so she goes inside and she finds a pit of sand and there's just like green glowing pieces of glass in the sand. So she starts to gather them up and then the house starts to crack and the room like literally spits her out, but not before she was able to gather all the pieces. So she goes to her room, but on the way, um, she sees her sister again and her sister is telling her like, oh my gosh, like I felt weak again. And so she's freaking out. She goes to her room and the power on her door is flickering. And so Abuela sees this happening. She kind of stops Mirabelle, tells her that she needs to stop what she's doing because she's ruining the family and everything is all her fault, which is just like rude. <laughs> Okay, so while she is in her room, she's trying to put all the pieces of glass together. Um, and as she's doing this, her aunt, Peppa, um, who can control weather, walks into the room. This leads to this really, really awesome musical number about Bruno. And we learn kind of his backstory and why we don't talk about Bruno. So we also learn that Peppa has a hard time controlling her magic and she's constantly followed around by a storm cloud. So, I mean, that could probably be like anxiety and depression and those types of things. We'll get into that later as well. <laughs> um, so she finishes piecing together the glass and 
she sees herself standing in front of the house with cracks all throughout the house. And so that's all she knows. She doesn't really know what it means, but she thinks it's something bad. Her father walks into the room and sees this and he takes all the pieces and he puts them in his pocket. And then he tells her like, don't tell anybody about this. We're going to have this dinner. This never happened. Everything's fine. It's fine. Um, and don't tell anyone. But her cousin, Dolores, who has super hearing, of course, overhears this. Um, and so she's all nervous and everyone's kind of, well, Mirabelle, her dad and the cousin are both kind of nervous at dinner. Like, oh my gosh, like, please don't say anything. And she's like, oh my gosh, I need to tell somebody. And, um, as they're passing food around, it's a really funny little montage. You just see something block Mirabelle's face and then like another family member knows what's happening. Like they're just playing telephone. Finally, things kind of unfold and fall apart and everyone discovers that she found the vision and she knows what's gonna happen. And then the house starts to crack and everyone just blames Mirabelle for everything. So she's wandering the halls as usual and she discovers a hole in the wall because some rats ran into it. And uh, it leads to a tunnel within the walls of the house, which is where she finds Bruno. So he never actually left. He's just been living in the walls, which has kind of made him go a little crazy. Um, we also learned that he quote unquote left because he felt like his gift wasn't helping the family. So we're seeing a pattern here with people and how they feel about their powers. Um, the vision of Mirabelle in front of the house is... Also unclear to Bruno, he doesn't really know what it means, and he actually never really finished the vision. So Mirabelle pressures him, like, hey, you should, like, have a vision again. And he doesn't want to, but he does it anyways. And we see something, it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really tell you exactly what needs to happen, but we see Mirabelle hugging her sister Isabella, so she needs to embrace her sister. So she confronts Isabella to literally embrace her. Um, and we learn that Isabella feels pressured to always be perfect because of her powers. So Boyla catches Mirabelle and Isabella um, as she's finally kind of opening up and finding her true self. And Abuela once again, lashes out at Mirabelle for causing so much trouble and places all the blame on her. Again, rude. <laughs> and so the house begins to shatter as Mirabelle and Abuela are arguing. And it is just like total destruction at this point, not just like little cracks that kind of go away. I mean, it's like falling apart at this point. We see the candle fall over in the wake of all this destruction. So Mirabelle begins to run after it. And as she's trying to reach it, her sister and her cousin also join in to save the candle. But we see their doors go out, like the lights on their doors go out and they both lose their magic. So then we start to see Bruno's vision um, playing out but instead of saving the miracle, the candle burns out and the house turns to rubble. So Mirabelle runs away because she's feels like she's hurting her family. Um, Abuela finds Mirabelle crying by the same river where the magic and everything all started. So her abuela's sitting there. She's telling them how she met her abuelo, how they fell in love, started a family. She tells them why they had to leave their home, which led to him sacrificing himself and the magic and everything all starting. So she's just kind of opening up and realizing like, I've been too hard on you and this isn't really your fault. 
Bruno pops out of the woods uh, trying to defend Mirabelle, but he learns that that's actually not really necessary because they both forgave each other and everyone's happy now. And the three of them rush back to the house or what was left of the house. And the whole family kind of realizes that the powers aren't really what mattered. That's not what was important. And they start to rebuild what was broken, both literally and metaphorically. So they present Mirabelle with a new doorknob when the house is basically finished. And she uses it to open the front door and magic goes all around the house and the house is back to life again. And everyone's stepping back from what they once thought was important. They're kind of relaxing and they're like, like Louisa literally lays down. So she feels like she can just not have to carry everything all the time. Um, and so everyone gathers for a photo and this time Mirabelle is included. So the family is whole again. And that's the movie guys. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a good recap. Like Thanks. I was like running out of breath. <laughs> it was great. I think the storyline and you talked about it a little bit. We're not magic experts. This is not a real movie. And so I think it could be a little hard with the symbolism and and confusing, especially for children. I had a hard time figuring out because also the resolution between her and her grandma happens really fast. Really fast. <laughs> and like I yeah. turned and looked at my husband and I was like, I don't understand, like, what, what happened. And he explained it, and I was like, I totally missed that. So I feel like this could be a movie that's a lot like Frozen 2, where you're just kind of confused a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I felt that way for a lot of the movie. And so that was just kind of the vibe I got while I watched it for the first time. Any thoughts that you have about the storyline? Yeah, it was definitely really fast-paced. Um I had to keep pausing it and rewinding because I would miss little things. And there is so much symbolism in this movie. Yeah. Um, I actually saw a TikTok about it today. And the girl said that this movie was not, is not for children. It's a children's movie, but it's for adults, you yeah. know, because kids aren't going to understand what's happening. But it's more for like us. And we're like, oh, well. <laughs> like there's a lot of psychology implications and all kinds of stuff that I am not qualified to <laughs> talk <Don't> about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the music is really good. Yes, yes. This was <laughs> the soundtrack lyrics were written by Lin-Manuel Miranda mm-hmm. and it is definitely a fantastic soundtrack. There's definitely yeah. songs that while not quite let it go, uh, there are songs that are definitely put on your playlist. Oh, yeah. Uh, the song Louisa Sings. Yes. <laughs> I could definitely run to that. Like, it's, yeah. a, it's a good song. So I think overall, this is a fantastic movie. I definitely recommend it. it oh, yeah. And like you said, even though it is really super deep, like, kids just think it's a movie about rebuilding the house. Like they don't understand yeah. it's about rebuilding the family. And so like, I feel like this is a movie for all ages um, in that like everyone can enjoy it, even if they yeah. don't all get it. Exactly. <laughs> Cause it's so, fun and there's pretty colors. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's a, so, yeah. such a gorgeous palette. Um, mm. Let's talk about characters. You listed them all as you were going. 
Um, but we've got Maribel, Abuela, Bruno, Luisa, Julieta, Felix, Peppa, Isabella, Antonio. I'm sure there are some Marigels that I left off. Um, yes. <laughs> also, I don't understand why they picked a last name that is so similar to the first name yes. of the main character. But, you know, I'm not in charge, but it's okay. Um, who, who are your favorites and why? I really, really liked all of them, which is weird for a movie. Like, I enjoyed all of them. Not so much Abuela at the beginning. Same. But at the end, I was like, No, okay, I cool. – <laughs> No, still not. <laughs> no. The, think about, like, the trauma that she no, yeah. has put her family through for generations. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you don't get to just be like, oh, I'm sorry. And, yeah, like, no. everything's good. <laughs> sorry. That's just my thought. I'm, she was I'm, the villain. She was definitely the villain. I'm thinking, though, I'm imagining that, you know, the parts that we don't see after the movie ends, she goes on and she just kind of makes it up to everybody in time, I hope. <laughs> but, yeah, no, she caused all kinds of trauma. Um, mm-hmm. So my least favorite of the favorites. There we go. Um, but if I really had to pick who my favorite is, I really think it's Mirabelle. Like, I don't normally pick the main character. But I really liked her. Yeah. Um, I like how she kind of helped the family open up and realize, like, their trauma. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's never fun for anybody, but it needed to be done. Um, So her lack of a gift kind of gave her a different perspective on life that the others were basically, like, blind to because of their gifts. So. Yeah. Yeah. I liked Antonio. I think mm-hmm. he was precious, and yes, he was. I can't imagine being, like, the first kid to be set to receive a gift after it, like, didn't work last time. Like, yeah, that yeah, has pressure. to be, again, trauma. So mm-hmm. much trauma for this poor little baby. Anyway, um, so I loved him. I loved, like, how excited he was and how childlike, really, he was as he received mm-hmm. his gift. Um, and then I also, like, Maribel is definitely my number one favorite. Yeah. She is so desperate to make her family proud since in her mind she is disappointed and failed the family by not receiving a gift, which, again, like, me and you don't even know how, how did they get their gifts. So, like, was exactly. it even her fault? Like, we don't know. <laughs> so I think those are really good. Um, so what – oh, and then – sorry, I just remembered – my honorable mention for favorite character is Coffee Kid. I don't know his name, but he just d- drank coffee the whole movie and was yes. just like <laughs> super high up the whole time. Like every time you saw him, even when Maribel took his coffee away, somehow he got more coffee and he was just a kid that did not have ADHD because the caffeine was not affecting him appropriately for ADHD, but he was he acting like one. Yes. <laughs> so I, I want to give honorable mention to that kid. Uh, let's. Well, I'll give an honorable mention to the house then, because the yeah. house is a character. The house is 1,000% a character. It yeah. has so many emotions. It has reactions to things. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, yeah. let's talk about quotes. What is your favorite quote from this movie? Um, so my favorite one was whenever Bruno and Mirabel were kind of figuring out what needed to be done to fix everything. And he says, how do you save a family miracle? You hug a sister. 
Um, and then there was also a callback to, oh, I'm, I'm sure it was meant to be a callback to Doctor Who, which is one of my favorite shows. And when the little girl walks into Antonio's room and it's like literally just a jungle, she goes, it's bigger on the inside. Cause that's a thing that they always say in Doctor Who. So I, oh. I appreciated that. <laughs> that's so funny. Cause like, I remember that quote and being like, Oh, that's so cute. But that's so yeah. fun. Um, I really loved when those little kids are, you know, trying to find out what Maribel's gift is and she won't tell them. And then finally it comes out like she doesn't have a gift. And, one of the kids is like, I think your gift is being in denial. Yep. <laughs> and then there was also a callback to Frozen and they sang Let It Go. And it was great and it was precious. Mm. And I was just like, because while they'll put Easter eggs in movies, I don't feel like they like straight up like be like, here's a Frozen reference or here's yeah. a – Zootopia reference it's like always super hidden and that one was not so I loved that one but somehow I still missed it see I need to watch this movie again you because <laughs> it was really fast-paced it, it is super fast-paced and see I can't even tell you where it was I just remember being like and being excited and so let's talk about sequels would you want a sequel to this movie no yeah I don't think a sequel would be as good. I think it would just be gimmicky. Yeah. So, well, and like, what that. do you do from here? You know? Exactly. Like, yeah. I could see a Moana sequel where, like, they're – she's running the island as king or whatever. But, like, yeah. there's no new problem to be created because we've mm-hmm. solved the issue of the powers going away. What else could really happen? Um, And yeah. so I agree. I think – I think what came to mind whenever you mentioned Moana um, in her running the island is like it, Mirabelle could then be Abuela <laughs> and she doesn't have powers, but she's there not causing generational trauma to all of her descendants because <laughs> they get their magic. That Ooh, would be fun. <laughs> that would be fun. I also would like to see like, does Mirabelle get powers? Like mm. I would like Cause that. Because it's kind of confusing at the end. Yeah, because she gets a door and she opens it and it brings the house to life. Yeah, so, I don't know. We have questions. We have lots of questions. (laughs) But I think that's what happens when you have a movie about magic. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like a part of the magic, like not knowing how it works. So. (laughs) So what is your favorite moment? What stood out to you? Um, So a couple moments. Um, First, whenever Mirabelle realized that she didn't she wasn't like really a part of the family so whenever she was left out of that picture I think that was a really big moment so it definitely stood out I also really liked the moment when as like the house was falling apart and Mirabelle was all upset and trying to explain like what she was trying to do and Abuela kind of starts to realize that things are actually like her fault and not Mirabelle's fault. I liked that moment as well because it's a good turning point for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did a really good job with showing the emotions on her face. Like you could really tell what she was like thinking in almost every scene that she mm-hmm. was in there was something. So because like, she was and, really judgy. She was super judgy. Yeah, <laughs> that is why. But she, they did a great job. <laughs> Good job, animation team. <laughs> yeah. 
I think my favorite moment is when Maribel discovers Bruno has never actually left the family. Mm-hmm. And it also, like, it goes back to, you know, we don't talk about Bruno. Like, we're not going to talk about this family member that just left. Which, again, super great for psychological trauma to just not process this big event that happened where this family member just abandoned you guys. But, again, I'm not in charge. Um, But Dolores, earlier in the movie, she talks about um, there being rats in the walls. And while there are rats in the walls, there's also Bruno. And so (laughs) I think I really enjoyed that in because she got to see like we haven't been we weren't abandoned like that's not the way this story was supposed to be yeah and it's it's so sad i didn't talk about it but it's so sad he's got his like little living space like this room that he's created and it's right next to the dining room and they have the whole fam like the whole table where all the family sits for dinner and he's like built this little table and has like painted on a plate with his name on it so he can like enjoy dinner with the family but they don't even know it's so sad (laughs) yeah yeah any final thoughts that you have um yes so i guess i could have put this in like a moment that stood out so abuela makes a comment before antonio's gifting ceremony where she's talking to i think louise or i think maribel and louise's mom yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and she says, you know, like, talking about if there's not going to be a gift for it, it's going to uh, be hard on everybody, making it very apparent that she thinks that Mirabelle's lack of gift or lack of a gift is just a huge burden on the family. Like, she's worthless. She shouldn't even be there. Like, just get out of the way and let us do our thing. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and at the beginning of the movie, there's a lot of pressure by Abuela to, like, we have this gift, so we need to be a good steward mm-hmm. of this gift. But at the same time, she she does so in a way that's very unhealthy and very um, works-driven and not, yes. like, let's just have a grateful heart and recognize that this is a miracle. It's it's just a lot. Um yeah. My big final thought is this is Walt Disney Animation's 60th feature film. And, you know, that's just an amazing accomplishment for the Walt Disney Company. Snow White came out in 1937, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there have been so many movies since then, obviously. 59. Yes. <laughs> and, and it was really cool as I scrolled through the Disney animation page to see kind of what the pace was um, for the animation studios. In the last about 10 years, it's been um, about a movie every other year or every year. Um, and then the year Moana came out, there were actually two movies that released in that year. I believe that was in 2014, and I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it was Zootopia. Um, and then there was obviously not a movie released in 2020. Um, but it's it's really amazing the quality of work that continues to come from a company that was started by a man who failed multiple times. Yeah. And, you know... Me and my husband today were just talking about how Bob Iger has recovered Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, which was Walt's very first 
like vague hit that he mm. lost in his initial contract with Universal, um, whatever that company was way back then, yeah. um, and how important it was to Bob Iger to re- regain that piece of Disney history. Mm, and so it's cool. just, yeah, it's really neat. Um, and so I look forward to seeing what the Walt Disney Company does in the next years to come, um, especially with Jen as their president. Have you watched The Making of Frozen 2? Was there a making of just regular Frozen? No. No? Okay, then yes, I've seen it. (laughs) Like, she is just absolutely amazing. Um, And so I'm, I I absolutely love what Disney Animation Studios is doing, and I I think it's it's really neat that something like that is still at such a high quality, like I said earlier. But thanks so much for being on. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you joined us for this week's Princess in the Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Princess in the Podcast and on Twitter at Princess and Pod. Visit our website, princessinthepodcast.com. I hope you live happily ever after.